Welcome to Tony Steak Podcast. Welcome to the Tony's Take Podcast, episode 296. I am Tony Katz, and with me we have Off-Road Andy. Yes, I'm here as well. Um, we gotta do a better job, actually, because we're sharing this mic on a local recording. It might be different. I don't know. Well, but we'll but this is being locally recorded because... Yes, we do not have sean with us i'm sure you were a little thrown off for you regular listeners when you heard my voice instead of sean's but sean is actually in europe and he will be missing this podcast fighting the good fight he's fighting the good fight out there but uh him and his wife who got married in february which is crazy to think it was already that long ago seems like we were just at that wedding but uh, they decided to wait for their honeymoon until uh november so they are out there enjoying their Honeymoon in uh, England. I'm sure Sean will have a lot of good stories when he gets back. Hopefully some good eats, some good drinks, and some uh, good times. But we got to keep business going here, so Andy and I will deliver the sports news that you guys all love to listen to. And uh, do we just want to start off with what happened in the World Series? Just get that out of the way? Sure, yeah. I mean, that was the hot take, I guess. We talked about it a little bit. Every week, and uh, the Houston Astros did end up pulling it off. They won the series four games to two. And last time we recorded, we actually were talking about how the Phillies were dominating. I think, did that put the that tied the series at two, right? Or did that give uh, the Phillies a 2-1 two one one. That oh, was 2-1, wow, so, yeah. and it looked like Phillies have two more at home. Yep, that's right. It didn't go well. Uh, they didn't have, uh, they weren't, the Astros didn't have a uh, pitcher tip in their pitches here on these last few games uh, because... Philly really got nothing done. Uh, they got no hits. Yeah, uh, literally the ne- literally the next day they got no hit, and then after that it almost seemed like maybe that just took all the air out of the sails, and they ne- didn't really look good again. The bats never really woke up again after that. No, they were like a home run or bust team, and I think they hit a bunch of sole home runs. Um, or actually, I think Kyle Schwarber hit two sole home runs, and that was two thirds of their remaining runs the rest of the series. Yeah, I mean it really it's kind of crazy that what one no hitter can do. It really did take. Uh, Seems like it did take the take the life out of them, and uh, yeah, so they were World Series uh, champions, and uh, they hard are, to congratulate them. Yeah, still I, so many feelings. I wanted to say did. congratulations, Houston, but I just didn't have it in me. Even yeah. though I know this is mostly a different squad, I mean, if the one thing I would say about this is I won't say congratulations to Houston, but I'll say congrats to Dusty Baker. Yeah, yeah, long time coming. He was thirty not, years as a manager, and he was there, not yeah. part of at all that team. That uh, you know, cheated to win the World Series. He was doing other things. I'm not even sure if he was managing at that time. Uh, I think he was not managing at that. Yeah, because he did take year. some time yeah. off. But uh, congrats to Dusty Baker. We'll do that. But uh, quickly, we just wanted to let you people know out there what the 2023 World Series odds are. And we start off at the top with the LA Dodgers at plus 500, so five to one odds. Followed by the Houston Astros, of course, plus 550. And then you take a little bit of a dip with the Atlanta Braves, plus 850. Some high hopes on the Atlanta Braves for this upcoming season, which right, respectfully so. Yeah, a lot of young talent that they've managed well. They've all get them extended and everything. So, Yeah, I heard that about the Braves is that they've got this core squad, I think, for the next like at least like three or four years or something like that. Yeah, Dansby, Dansby Swanson is a free agent. He's likely to leave. But yeah, everyone else, it's like they're already they're signed. 
You got aggressive, making sure these people stay with the team long term. Yep. And then at plus 850, the New York Yankees. But I would monitor that because I have a feeling if Aaron Judge leaves the team, that team, those odds will actually drop. And then you've got the New York Mets at 10 to 1. And then you've got the Padres, Phillies, and Jays sitting at 14 to 1. Yeah, so it is interesting. The Phillies were the runner-up here, and they are tied for sixth. Uh, so I think the betters know. And, and yeah, the Astros defending champions, not the repeat favorite, although that's very close. It's almost not even worth it. But um, Dodgers won the most games. It makes sense. They're still going to yeah. be really good, but it's just a crapshoot. Who knows? That's why they're 5-1 to one and not 3-1. to one. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, a bunch of just a lot and of it- teams in the middle after that. So um, and it's hard to make a team like, especially in baseball. I feel like like three to one or two and a half to one or anything like that because it is such a long season that injuries happen. Like I don't think I would ever sit there at the start of the season with like a a plus three hundred or plus two fifty ticket in my pocket for like the Dodgers. It's like I'd want them. You know, five to one's good. I mean, if you got you know the money, you'd go throw thousand dollars down, ten thousand dollars maybe. You know, those those people that have the money. You know, there's people out there to throw a hundred grand on the Dodgers. You know, and it's. That's not a bad bet if you have the money. But uh, I don't know. I mean, I think value-wise, it's like, I mean, the Blue Jays, you'd like to think, could be possibly doing something again. But, I mean, I still, I'm still a fan of the Mets. They had some injuries this year, but they kind of fell apart. So and, I don't know. and this is just an incomplete list. This is just saying, like, who oh, yeah, just the, who the odds makers uh, think are the best teams. And then, yeah, at the bottom we have here, uh, the A's and Nationals are tied, plus 30,000. <laughs> Um, yeah, that's basically saying not a snowball's chance in hell. But sometimes those snowballs survive in hell. One of those was like the St. Louis Rams, I know, when Kurt Warner came. They were huge underdogs. I believe the LA Angels were pretty massive underdogs the year they won the World Series. Yeah, just in baseball, you can kind of project that these teams that are like 65 win teams don't really take a, a huge leap unless they, um, you know, bring a few people in. And the way these teams are being run, we know Oakland's not going to do that. And Washington really was, like, dumping everyone. They dumped Soto, who was supposed to be signed through next year. Um, so they're just not interested in being good next year. So Yeah. All righty. Well, that wraps up MLB. You probably won't hear us talk about MLB again for a while until maybe there's a Well, there's going to be some moves. free agent stuff yep, sooner, yep, sooner than later. Yeah. yeah, so, I mean, you'll hear us start talking about baseball again once there's more free agent moves. And around, I would say, March or so is typically when Andy and I will throw out the over-under thing which we enjoy doing but uh yeah that wraps up the 2022 mlb season with the houston astros coming on top but moving on going to the nba some uh just discussing what's been going on in nba week three so uh we'll lead it to our nba expert off-road andy yeah every week we just say oh it's early it's early it's still early but it's less early (laughs) um the Bucks are undefeated still. That's it's pretty impressive. I actually did not know that. I actually heard I've heard this multiple times to a couple podcasts I've listened to with some big NBA betters and stuff is that they say the NBC of uh, the NBC, the NBA season they say really doesn't start until Christmas. They say that's when the season gets real. So, true or not, I don't know, but yeah, that's pretty impressive though. Milwaukee Bucks off to an undefeated start, 9 and 0, currently winning right now as we're recording. Yeah, also today is a weird day. The NBA has every single team playing, and they're not playing at the same time. Every team is playing like 10 minutes later. 
And does that have anything to do with the fact that today started the college basketball season? No. I heard there was 200 college basketball games today. It has to do with the election tomorrow. Oh, so nobody's playing tomorrow. No one's playing tomorrow. So everyone plays tonight. Um, it, I don't know what this, this staggered start time thing is about, but it's interesting. Let's see. It is interesting. Wow. And Lakers go and play Utah tonight, huh? That is the weekend. I mean, that could be talked about. Lakers are off to a two and seven start. Just awful. The Utah Jazz, eight and three. They're over under, if you remember, 23 and a half, I believe it was, or 24 and a half. And I think all three of us said under. And uh, at this pace, they're going to pass that by Christmas. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know if they're going to get there by Christmas, but it seems like how are they not going to hit the 24? Like they're going to get there. Um, the state of California is not doing well in basketball right now. Um, Lakers two and wow. seven, but also Warriors three and seven. Kind of crazy how bad they've been. Three and one at home too. So that um, means they're zero and four on the road. Yeah, and the Kings are three and five. That's kind of be, to be expected. Clippers are five and five, but have been really bad. The Clippers have played a really easy schedule. They have five wins against bad teams and five losses against better teams. <laughs> well, it'll be interesting tonight because the Clippers play a good team to this evening. The Cleveland Cavaliers eight and one. Donovan Mitchell averaging thirty one point four points per game so far, looking like. A very good pickup for the Cleveland Cavaliers. Yeah, and obviously Utah um, likes that trade as well. Uh, Laurie marketing has been great, and uh, Colin Sexton has been pretty good for him as well. So win-win trade right there. Yeah, I heard something about that where uh, I was listening to something that said how um, they thought this was just going to be a, a tanking, rebuilding year for the Utah Jazz, but Colin Sexton came in with other ideas. <laughs> I mean, hey, those are talented players. Markin, I've always liked marketing when he was on the Bulls. Colin Sexton was good on Cleveland. So yeah, I, mean, I mean, they're both top 10 picks from the last five years. So. These guys are gelling. I mean, who's to say they're not going to shock people? I mean, I was just reminded the other day, too. I keep forgetting that 20 of the 30 teams make the playoffs technically now. <laughs> yeah, the play-in thing is a little ridiculous. but Yeah, it's it screwed over a couple teams last season, right? I don't oh, yeah. remember off the top of my head. The Clippers. But, okay, there's one. The Clippers finished six games better than the Pelicans, but had to play That's them. That's right. And then lost. I forgot about so. that. Yeah, it happens. But. It does happen, but uh, yeah, right now there are four under or five under uh, under five hundred teams in the East that were would be in the playoffs today. And I mean, this is always typical of the East, though, to have like an actual seven and eight seed go under five hundred to make the playoffs. That's been the story of the East forever. While when you look at the West, you know, every team that's going to the playoffs is at least five hundred at this moment in time. But. Uh, Moving on from that, we've got a, a big story in the NBA, which we actually touched on last week. I mean, it's been a story for three years, it seems like. Yeah. yeah, but it's a story we touched on last week saying how there hadn't been any repercussions yet. And then finally, something happened. Kyrie Irving has been suspended by the Brooklyn Nets. Yeah, minimum of five games is what they said. Um, but they gave him a list of things he has to do in order to come back. And I don't think he's going to get there. I don't know if you happen to see this list. I have not seen it. I did hear that he apologized on his social media. He did do like a half-hearted apology. And they're like, yeah. that's not good enough. He needs to like donate money to charities. He's got to meet with rabbis. He's got to So it's go basically like he got a DUI. I've gone through he's some of this He's got to do stuff. all this community service. And then at the end of the day, he has to meet with the owner, uh, Joe Sai, And he has to convince him that he's truly sorry. And I'm like, I don't think Kyrie is truly sorry, and so I don't think it's going to happen. Um, but also, like that guy, he's not a good guy. Like he's part he's of, he's a little crazy. The 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 owner of the Nets is oh, like, oh, I thought you were talking about Kyrie. Irving. Oh yeah, well, the owner of the Nets is like part of the Chinese Communist Party, and like you know, <laughs> they just like kill people, like they just disappear them. You never hear about them again. 
But I think it's kind of one of the, the problems here is that guy's just not used to the disrespect. And I'm, I'm going to say that in like quotes that he, he had even said something like he doesn't understand. Like he didn't understand Kevin Durant asking to be traded because like an employee doesn't make demands from the boss in, in China. You know, you could never do that. Um, so I think he's just not a cultural fit. I don't think this guy should own the team, which is crazy. And that the Nets before this had that like Russian guy that was the owner. Oh, yeah. And it's just like, when they first became Brooklyn. Yeah. And it's like, I don't know, just get Mark Cuban or something. Like, Mark Cuban understands the NBA players. Um, I don't think either of those guys really. Mark Cuban's get never it. leaving Dallas. No. His heart and love. No, I mean, Dallas. like, get a Mark Cuban type. Oh, okay. Yeah, not exactly. Yeah, of course. Um, but yeah, like, I don't know what this guy's thinking that Kyrie's going to grovel to him. Like, no way. It's not going to happen. So um, I don't know what that resolution will be, who will give in. Do the Nets, if the Nets try to be like, he has to meet these demands or he's not going to get paid, that'll be a, a lawsuit. You know, the Players Association won't allow that to happen. Um, so I don't know. Maybe the Nets will just cave and pay him the rest of the year and let him never play again. I don't know. Um, they're, they're not that good right now. I don't think if Kyrie plays the whole season, they'll be a championship contender, but they'll be a much better team with him. So. Yep. Well, time will tell. Like we said, it's, it's early. Ten games in out of a... Typically, every team is about nine to nine to eleven games in in a eighty-two game season, so a lot of time to go. But uh, shifting to the the sport that all the world loves the most right now in this time of the year, and that is football. We had a very busy, exciting week in college football, and uh, we can start it off with the the game of the week, number one ranked, and this was the fir- week as we mentioned last week, the first week with the official AP poll rankings. And it started off, ironically, with number one, Tennessee, going to number three, Georgia. And number three, Georgia at home was actually favored. I think the line closed around eight and a half, nine points. And they covered it. Georgia ended up beating Tennessee. Never really looked close. I mean, I know Tennessee got a field goal early on, but once Georgia scored to take the lead, they never looked back. And I think at one point yeah. it was, what, like 26 to six or something or in the yeah, game? It was, it, was, it was up there. And it looked like Georgia could run them, run them out of the stadium if they wanted to but just kind of let it be somewhat close um but yeah i think this is what we predicted like tennessee is going to get that one week it'll be nice remember that one week we're number one um but they're just not in the same class um and and the game that happened after this kind of reveals a little bit more as to why this might maybe the case um yeah alabama loses to lsu and that was a number six versus number 10 matchup i believe and uh, that was very big, very big upset because yeah. Alabama, even though it was six versus ten, and Alabama was on the road, they were laying thirteen and a half points as a fa- as road favorites, and LSU took care of business. Yeah, so if Tennessee is number one because they beat Alabama by a field goal, um, yeah, it's going to bring them down. And Alabama maybe isn't a top three team this year, so it's not really like as impressive of a win and Tennessee isn't as good as a number one team or something that all, all has a, uh, you know, implications here. Um, but with Alabama having their second loss, everyone was saying, well, they're eliminated from the playoffs. Now I think we had been speaking as if there were going to be eight teams in the playoffs this year. Yeah. Um, we were wrong about we that. We were right? wrong. It that doesn't happen. Four. That doesn't happen for another couple of years. So I, I thought about that too. Cause I was listening to some people and they were saying like, Oh, these teams aren't going to make play. And I was just like, what are these guys saying? But no, they were right. And uh, yeah, we, we should have addressed that. We were saying that there was going to be an eight team playoff this year, but there's not, there is only a four team playoff. And so it's going to get interesting because I think Alabama's probably not going to do it, but 
I mean, they no, always find a way to get Alabama in there. Is this? They're, they're most yeah. likely going to be eliminated now from uh, the, the title game. If LSU wins out, LSU will be the whatever the East or whatever conference. I don't know, East or West. I, it's and hard it, to remember. It's going to get exciting too because I know sometime in the next couple of weeks you get the Ohio State Michigan matchup, and uh, both those teams are going to be in the top four going into this next week because Clemson, who was number four, lost to Notre Dame. And they were badly. Yeah. 28 nothing. They were down. And the quarterback didn't look good. Everyone was calling for the other kid who made one play and was an interception. So I don't know. That team. They're in shambles. And you know what? They they might have fucked up when they took that quarterback out when they didn't trust him when he was struggling a little bit because now his heart's not there. Now he's upset. They, they, They now created, in my opinion, some some turmoil in there. Self-induced also. I think we predicted this because we had talked the week before about Syracuse and Wake Forest losing, saying, well, these are the big wins that Clemson had, and they barely beat those teams. And those teams then had lost. Maybe they're not that good. Those teams lost again this week as well. Yeah. So I think the ACC is really not very good. And whoever does win that conference should not get a playoff spot. You can't be like, well, Clemson only had one loss, so maybe they get it. Like, no, we should say the conference is bad. Their team does not deserve a playoff spot. And if... The Pac-12 conference winner has one loss. They definitely should be ahead of. Yeah, so I mean, we the the AP rankings don't come out until Tuesdays, right? Or do they come out Mondays? The the AP rankings are out, but the, the playoff rankings. Are I'm out. sorry, the playoff rankings. Yeah. When do the playoff rankings come out? They're supposed to be today, I thought, or no, tomorrow. I think they come yeah. out Tuesday. So I mean, looking at this, this looks like a little preview, unless that's actually it. Now, this is the AP poll for this week. It's going to be close. Yeah, so I mean, it has Georgia at one, which I think is deserving because only because Ohio State didn't look amazing against Northwestern, who's not a good team. Only beat them twenty-one to seven, but uh, I think it's fair to say that that's going to be the one-two: Georgia, Ohio State, and then Michigan at three, and then looks like TCU four. And they only, according to this, they think they're only going to dip Tennessee to five. But I don't know. I could see maybe maybe Oregon leapfrogs them. I mean, LSU's got two losses already. I didn't realize that. So. That is pretty impressive. But this has the this ranking has our home teams, USC and UCLA at eight and nine, and has Alabama at ten. But uh, I don't know. It'll be it's gonna be exciting from here on out because it's it's gonna get it could get messy because Ohio State does play Michigan, and you know, you got TCU still undefeated, and then you got the three pack twelve teams in the top ten. LSU just made a statement, Alabama still. You know, they're on the outside yeah. looking in, but crazier things have happened. And I, Alabama seems to always find a way. And if the committee has any chance to get Alabama, to have a good reason to put Alabama in the top four, they'll do it. I, mean, I don't think it's going to happen. I don't, I don't either, but I'm just saying they, they they're not going to get moved ahead of a one loss team because they're not going to be eligible for their title game, most likely. So okay. that's, they're going to lose another good What win does it look like that title game will be? LSU and Georgia? Yes. Okay. So, um, yeah, there's a lot of like elimination games heading here. Um, whoever. USC, UCLA, if they're still only one-loss teams, whoever loses that is going to be out of contention for their conference, which means they're probably not going to be out of contention for the playoff. Um, Oregon, if they stay undefeated, will be their representative in the title game. They win that. They have a great case. Their only loss being to Georgia, um, which would set up a rematch. Which is why I think think Oregon should leapfrog Tennessee because they're both 8-1. and and, and, I mean, I guess they both lost to Georgia, but I don't know how bad Oregon lost to Georgia. Oh, it was really bad. That it was, was like 45 really bad, wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> okay, never mind. Then I, I think that is why this has Tennessee above Oregon then. My apologies. Um, yeah, the other thing we just skipped over, TCU is still undefeated. 
They could go undefeated. They're not that impressive. They had a, a close, closer win. Um, you know what scares me week. about this is like is TCU going undefeated and somehow getting the two seed and then playing like a maybe a Michigan or something at four and then getting ran over. Yeah, it happens every every playoff. There's always one bad game. So, although if TCU played Michigan, I think that'd be a good matchup. Yeah, I, I think the Big Twelve is still not that good, but. Yeah, yeah well, you're undefeated. It'll be it'll be exciting. Yeah. Um, some other big things that happened. Illinois lost to Michigan State, who had a bunch of people suspended after a yeah, brawl they got in last a fight, week. Right? Yeah. Was it against Michigan against or did Michigan. they fight themselves? Yeah, because <laughs> when teams are doing bad, you'd be surprised they start fighting themselves. So Illinois is having a surprisingly good season. Only one loss. Uh, this is a bad loss for them. Um, they're still bull eligible. Uh, I think they still have winnable games left. They do have Michigan, I think, on the schedule. So yeah, and they play Purdue. Let's see. Purdue, Michigan, and Northwestern. They, can, they, they should still Michigan go two also. and three. Um, they're not going to beat Michigan. When does Michigan play Ohio State? Can we find that out really quick? Usually after Thanksgiving. Okay. We will take a quick peek. Yep. Andy called it. Yeah. Like literally, it looks it's like that's like usually the day the Saturday. After. Yeah, it's usually the Saturday. But is that? Uh, that is yes, Saturday. Yeah, so it's that Saturday. So the day after Black Friday, when the world's going chaotic, the World Cup will be on at that time, which... I think maybe just a little preview. Maybe next week we preview the World Cup because it does start on the 20th. I'd mm-hmm. like to preview it. I think we should. I don't have anything interesting to say. But I have some things to say, I'm sure. Um, what else on this list? Okay, Oklahoma State lost lost again. Yeah. Another big margin to Kansas. Who it um, seems like they got their the, – they just had a rough time against these Kansas yeah. teams. So Kansas uh, is now 6-3 and three and is bowl eligible for the first, first time since 2008. So I believe I saw the longest streak now for a team not being bowl eligible in the like big conferences is actually Nebraska. So, also I think we should uh, one little team we should talk about is Liberty. Liberty is eight and one, and they just beat Arkansas in Arkansas, and it looks like they might have themselves a decent bowl game, possibly. Yeah, we got these smaller conference teams that are going to have some good wins, but we're not going to get a Cincinnati this year. It looks like. No. Or they're going to sneak up there, but uh, that's probably for the best. But yeah, that that will be something to watch is where these teams will be uh, playing their bowl games. Um, they also got Tulane, eight and one. Yeah, they're creeping up. Mm-hmm. Oh, interesting. And actually, they have a very big game this week at home against Central Florida. It's a possible sixteen versus twenty-two matchup according to this list. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's not bad. Alrighty, well, should we get to the meat and potatoes? The the NFL, yeah. another, uh, I mean, every every week at the NFL, it just seems like it's almost Groundhog's Day this season. It's like, oh, we get another, we get the Raiders blowing another lead. We get, you know, Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers and the Rams looking like shit, but it's been, it's been fun. So we'll lead it off with, uh, with Andy's team, the LA Chargers win the game by a field goal. And I don't know if you, you said you didn't see the game. So did you hear about or see the fumble play then at the end? I did see the highlight. That was I watched that live, and oh my gosh. Because first off, on the field, it didn't even look clear-cut if it was a fumble, but it looked like they decided it was. And then just the the defensive lineman picking up the football and just running, nobody around him, and he just dropped it. <laughs> it was it was honestly, it was it was pretty sad to see, but it was also funny. And it ended up basically just being like one of those strange plays where the Chargers lost like 25 yards on the play, but got a first down out of it. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it was a good game. Lower scoring than I think a lot of people thought. Chargers have so many up 
problems on offense now with the injuries and everything. But um, I don't know. They're five and three, but I don't think they're any good. And they got some tough games coming up: Niners, Chiefs. Um, yeah, they got to play their, the Dolphins still. Their upcoming schedule is pretty difficult. Yeah. Um, so we'll see. I don't think they're going to do good. But maybe they get some players back. Um, yeah, frustrating team goes down ten nothing again. I think they they've been down by two scores at the end of the first quarter, like five straight weeks or something like that now. Um, and they've won three of them, so impressive. Oh uh, yeah, the Raiders another seventeen zero lead that they've blown. That's the second time this year it's they've the done third that. third time now. Third time, yeah. Oh, the Tennessee they did right. I know uh, it was. Uh, or no, they were down. Okay, Tennessee they were down seventeen. Almost came back. Raiders, so they blew it against Jacksonville. Yeah, and I believe they were actually up the by Chiefs. that many points against the Chiefs. Okay. And then the other one was the Arizona Cardinals. Yeah, when they had that crazy game when they lost and they blew it in the second half. They were up big at halftime, and that's when Kyler Murray was down. They were down like sixteen and like with like two minutes left you in got that the game. Two two pointers and then that fumbled recovery to win. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's a really bad look. They're two and six, but they're way better than that. Yeah, that's what's tricky. But also, about them. way better might be they should be five and four, <laughs> which isn't that great either. Yeah, I mean, um, you could give them maybe the Arizona win. I mean, Patrick Mahomes. You can you can't just say oh they should have won that game because yeah. they were up by two tides. Patrick Mahomes probably they should have beat Jacksonville. So let's you can switch for sure. Maybe two wins with two losses, and yeah, maybe they are they're four and four instead of two and six. But which would be a lot better. But you know, it is what it is. I mean, the Raiders are the Raiders. I mean, that's the known thing. And now it's going to start getting to the point where you're going to have – I've already seen it on my Instagram and stuff with Raider f- buddies of mine that are already like, get McDaniels out of here, like blah, 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 blah. And, you know, it's a bummer. But, uh, yeah, we'll see. I mean, it's it's very – it's it's one of those situations where it's it's a good team having a bad season. It's not just a bad team having another bad season. It's actually they are a solid team and they're just having a bad season. And uh, that's yeah, it's a bummer for the Raiders, a bummer for their fans, but uh, well, maybe they'll get a good pick here out of this. Yeah. Know? And then, uh, well, speaking of another team that you know not doing too well this year is the L.A. Rams lose again at the end to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Tom Brady and I'm going to tell you something, Andy. So this was the first game that Tom Brady played since he personally went on his social media and announced his divorce. I'll tell you. His body language, the way he was hugging the guys on the sideline when they won, that looked like a man that just got a lot of stress off of his shoulders. I don't know why. It just there was something about it that I hope I'm wrong because you know Tom Brady, but that division being so bad, I have a feeling they that could be the start. I mean, we'll see because I know they have a difficult schedule themselves, I believe, or at least a couple tough games. But that uh, yeah, I mean they play Seattle's then at at Cleveland. At the Niners in there, the Bengals. So, I mean, it's not too easy, but the end gets a little easy. But they might, just like we've said before, eight wins, seven wins might win that division, to be honest. But I just have a feeling they they might, uh, that might have been something that woke them up. We'll see. I will see. That's just my prediction. Maybe I'm right. Maybe I'm wrong. But I could just, I just felt from the body language and everything that it looked like they might, from here on out, start playing like the Tampa Bay team we expected to see. So, we'll see. We'll see. That's just, like I said. You know, they're human. You could see he had some stress on him, and he he just seemed like it was, like, very relieved. Like, the way he was hugging his teammates, his coaches, it was almost like, uh-oh, Tommy might be back. But, uh, yeah, like I said. On the Rams side of it, they're done, right? Oh, yeah. It's, it's, that division's, I mean, especially with Seattle, shocking the world right now. The Niners, I think, are about to get into their groove. I mean, they've had, you know, they had a little couple of injuries themselves mixed with difficult schedule also, but... 
If it wasn't for Seattle being so good right now, then obviously there'd still be a chance they can win the division because they're only one game behind the Niners, but they're two and a half behind the Seahawks. And well, they're two games behind the Niners because it got swept. So okay, if, in a tie, technically in two a tie, games. it's two. Yeah, games. okay. Yeah. Oh, that's right. They did already play them two times, huh? Oh, then yeah, they're fucked. No, they are, and it doesn't. I, I think Stafford's hurt. You know, I think he's playing hurt. So I mean, one of those things where they're going to come out that either. I think if they're if they, I think five weeks from now, if there's they've won like even like one game in the next five weeks again, that's when I think they're going to say like, oh yeah, Stafford's out for the season. He's actually been playing with a torn this all season long. Like that's that's what you're going to end up hearing at some point. But yeah, no, they are done. They're bad, not good. Super Bowl hangover. It's real. It's a real mm-hmm. thing. But uh, another team that's, you know, been fun to watch when they've been healthy this year is the Miami Dolphins. Win against the Chicago Bears, which we I got to give credit where credit's due. Justin Fields. Ever since their bye week, it seems like they're utilizing his legs more. And it's made their offense actually at least somewhat respectable. And Justin Fields ran for 178 yards, including, and I watched it live, 61-yard touchdown run. And I'll tell you what, he is fast. Mm-hmm. He got into the open field and holy moly. It was almost like he was playing at Ohio State again against like, you know, Purdue or something. I don't know. He just he just ran. He was just running all over the place. It did not look like a NFL game. And if I'm not mistaken, I, maybe I'm wrong, but I thought I was hearing, is that a single game rushing record for a quarterback in the NFL? I feel like it. I feel like some I quarterbacks know. had to have had 200 before, but I mean. 180 is a lot. I mean, the NFL record itself is like 290-something. So, I mean, 180 for a quarterback, I mean, I could see that being the record. Yeah, they looked good. Yeah, but that uh, Dolphins offense really performing well. Tyreek Hill on pace for the uh, receiving record right now. I think he has over over 1,000 yards already. I think 1,100 maybe. Um, that move looks like it worked out. Yeah, and, I, and it's funny because I, I drafted Tyreek Hill in one of my fantasy football leagues, and I was able to get him in like the – I want to say third, maybe even fourth round because a lot of people thought his stock went down because they didn't trust Tua. And now it's like, oh shit, he actually should have been the number one receiver again. So, been good for me. But, uh, all right, moving on. Another team that's done. And this guy just looks done. That is, of course, Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers. He throws three interceptions. A couple, I believe, in the red zone. One was literally in the end zone, I think. And uh, it, 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 he just does a bad job with his body language. He's blaming everybody. He's just not happy. And I think, you know, it's finally caught up yeah. to him. I think the ayahuasca. And they keep getting injuries. And it just it's, everything everything is bad with this team right now. So. Yeah, it's because the mojo. The energy's off. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just it's just bad. And Aaron Rodgers looks bad. It just, it's just the, the body language, too. It's just, it's just bad. You know, there's nothing else to say about that. But they're done. And, I mean, it's sad because I look at the division standings right here in front of us. And I hate that three and six is sitting at second place, but it is well behind first place. You like that text message? Okay. What was that? Nothing. Um, yeah, next game we have here, uh, Patriots. Defensive performance, again, really great. Shut down the new Colts, I guess, with the <laughs> new QB. New and not improved. That did not seem like the right move to go to uh, Sam Mellinger over Matt Ryan, even though Matt Ryan was bad. Um, and it's the owner, I guess, might might have agreed here because he uh, he fired the coach, Frank Reich. So the Colts have a new coach, and it's a little controversial. I don't know if you saw this, but I did not. They did not promote the offensive coordinator 
or the defensive coordinator or the special teams coach or a linebackers coach or any of this stuff. Owner's just going to come do it. (laughs) They brought in Jeff Saturday, the former center. Oh yeah, uh, for the the glory days of them. It's almost like they're just trying to give the, any kind of spark. Like here comes a Colts who hero was, who was consulting part time, but also a high school head coach. Um, so he's the. Anyone, so is that because his high school season over then for them? Be, yeah, he's like, no, no, I won't take the job yet. You got to wait a couple until we lose in the playoffs. Honestly, <laughs> maybe. Um, but I think it, he's the first person to not have any coaching experience at college or the NFL to be an NFL head coach. <laughs> so like that makes sense. Yeah. Um, I don't know. That's just they're they're, desperate. They're, they don't even know what they're doing anymore. They're just looking for any sort of spark. I mean, just lose out. They're that's, waiting that's for Peyton Manning be. to walk back yeah. through that door. But yeah, there was a story that said the Vegas odds on who their next coach will be is Peyton Manning now. Really? Like, is, <laughs> it, is it like a joke thing, or is that like no, real? It was a real thing. You know, it's like I don't, I don't think that's um, that. That doesn't sound like a good idea. He doesn't have any head coaching experience either. Yeah. Um, but it's funny that happens in other sports. Like the NFL, usually there is a process. Um, there also is a rule that everyone knows about. You have to hire or you have to interview minority candidates. So they might get in trouble for not doing that, even though it's a midseason replacement. What is the that? I mean, how far back are the Colts in first place right now? I mean, I that not division. That bad. The they see that's the thing is that division is not amazing. So uh, technically, right now they're the ten seed. But they're only what is that with the tie? That's what a game and a half back, two and a two half, and a half back. Yeah. I mean, I don't think it's going to happen. I think they're. I think they've already lost the Titans twice, so it's that same thing. Have they really already? Oh, yeah, yeah. they did too. Yeah, wow. It's not going to happen. They're they're a bad team unless you know Matt Ryan comes in and he's like, ah, I needed that rest, and he's great or something. <laughs> I don't. I don't know. Or and I haven't even heard that hasn't even been a thing that Matt Ryan's going to come back. Jonathan so. Taylor has been hurt too. I mean, yeah, hopefully he plays this week, or else I'm really screwed in one of my fantasy teams. It's definitely that curse of the number one yeah, running back. Guys yeah. have great years, and then it's like, oh, what's going to happen after that? Yeah. So. Well, speaking of great years so far this season, Minnesota Vikings. Seven and one, and I'm telling you, I don't know if you saw the video that has been leaking around of Kirk Cousins Kirk, yeah. dancing on the plane. That is a team having fun right now. And I'm telling you, those are the teams that are dangerous. Teams that are playing well and they're having fun. They're they've got the good team chemistry going on. Like you just and and I mean look in their division. That's a team, the Green Bay Packers, that have zero team chemistry going on. Nobody's having fun. Minnesota Vikings are having a blast right now. And you know what? Good for them. Kirk Cousins, I feel like, you know. He's he's the one of those players that's like just seems like he's just always easy to make fun of. Like people are always making fun of Kirk Cousins. Just I don't know, but it's fun to see him actually kind of doing well. I mean, doing very well, I guess. I mean, seven and one. Team's got some playmakers. You know, they've got solid receivers, and they just went and got Hokinson tight end. Which I don't know. Did he play this last week? I'm not sure. They yeah. weren't that impressive. They were they were losing. <laughs> Washington. Yeah, that is true. I mean, but Washington, I think, is a team that is actually better than. Yeah, a good game. Them, yeah, he did have a good game. Nine catches, seventy yards. But Washington's one of those teams that I think they they do a little bit better than people give them credit for. It's that Heineke magic where he's like bad. His numbers are never that good, but then like he somehow has the ball and they're down by one score, and it's like what? It's just magic. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It's uh, it's definitely something that Heineke does, but. Yeah, they're going to win this division. I have no confidence in this team and up and up in the oh, playoffs. 100%. But. <laughs> no, I agree. I, you couldn't have said that better because this is the type of team that will run into a Tom Brady in the first round. And Tom Brady will go on the road in Minnesota and do something to him. Yeah. Or, you know, let's say the Seahawks win the division and the Niners are 
the six seed or something like that. Um, there's going to be some good wildcard teams. Cowboys, Niners. We'll see. Um, yeah, the Seahawks won again. So they're, they're now six and three, which means they have a two game lead over the 49ers. Uh, they're just good. Seahawks are playing good on both sides of the ball. Gino is still putting up numbers. He's not Mahomes, but it's good shit. It's, it's high, highly rated shit. It's, it's like, it's similar, I think, to uh, the Niners' Jimmy Garoppolo, where it's not incredible numbers, but it's like it was, it was really. You're not going to look at his back score and be like, "Whoa!" He's but. not going to throw 38 touchdowns and 4,500 yards, but it's like really efficient, good passer rating, all that kind of stuff. So, and uh, I'll tell you, Kenneth Walker the third. I can't believe there was two other Kenneth Walkers out there at one point. It, it's it's fun to watch him. It's fun to watch him, but uh, yeah, Seahawks six and three in control of that division at the moment. You know, pretty pretty good so far. That's uh, it's exciting. And also, while we're talking about running backs, just because I I just want to touch on it really quick, I we got to give AFC definitely AFC Player of the Week Joe Mixon yesterday. I have him on one of my fantasy teams where rushing touchdowns are eleven points, and he hadn't been doing anything all season. And I heard from a, a buddy of mine that apparently they said that he went from running back eleven. In the so far this season to running back three after yesterday's game. And for those of you that don't know, about 120 rushing yards, four rushing touchdowns, about 40 something, 50 something receiving yards with a receiving touchdown, five touchdowns, four of them in the first half. It looked good. And honestly, I keep saying this. He could have had six touchdowns because Joe Burrow snuck one in from the one yard line on a second and goal at the one. Just feed Mixon. He didn't know Mixon was going to have that kind of day. But you know what, Joey Burrow? You stole a touchdown from Mixon. That should have been a six-touchdown day. It should have put me back on top in one of my fantasy leagues. I really did. I went from a ninth place because this league is just total points. Oh, no, nice. yeah. no, just 18 weeks of total points. Head-to-head doesn't matter. And I do this league with my dad. He's been doing it with his friends since literally like the 80s. I We went from ninth place in points to second because our team absolutely – kicked ass because we have Mixon, we have Kenneth Walker and uh, yeah, Mixon got a 71 points. Well, if you want to know my, I had the opposite experience. Okay. Um, you went against Mixon? I needed a, I needed a defense because the Cowboys were my defense are on a bye and I picked up um, the Carolina Panthers because they've yeah. been a good defense all year long and Cincinnati looked like ass the week yeah, before. Against Cleveland. And Carolina gave me negative two points <laughs> and I lost by two and a half. Wow. So it's one of those just hey, fucks you. The one I mean, that- I couldn't have played nobody but if I played like literally any other defense, <laughs> yeah. Well, that's showbiz, as they say. Yep. But that was uh, fun. here we go. The last game of the week to touch on the Sunday night football game ended up being a really good game. The Kansas City Chiefs were at home against the Tennessee Titans, who were playing their rookie Malik Willis, who looked slightly better this week than the week before. I think I don't know how his passing stats actually were, but his he was running the ball a decent amount, so it looks like okay. <laughs> I Wow, maybe I wasn't paying attention to the game. 5 of 16 from Malik Willis, 80 yards, 10.6 QBR. And he ran the ball eight times for 40 yards. And, I mean, Derrick Henry again, you know, their lord and savior. 17 carries for 115 yards, two touchdowns, seven yards a carry. But, wow. That's the funny thing is if you were to look at this box score, Malik Willis, like I just said, 5 of 16 is 80 yards, uh, 10.6 QBR. Then you look at Patrick Mahomes. 43 being uh, 43 completions to 68 uh, attempts, 446 yards, and a touchdown for Mahomes. 
The fact that they only won 20 to 17 in overtime, where, how? I mean, it doesn't even, like Andy, just if you were to look at that box score, what would, would, would you have predicted that was just going to be a three-point game in overtime nonetheless? I mean, the Chiefs more than doubled up the total yards in this game. And it wasn't like the Chiefs had like four turnovers or something. Well, I heard also that, yeah, the Chiefs went seven straight possessions with a punt, which I guess they haven't done in maybe ever. That's what they said. But I'm not sure if maybe they did do that in the Super Bowl, but they, yeah, I just don't know. 29 to nine in the first downs. Like it just completely, completely dominated the box score. I didn't realize it was that bad because I hadn't seen the Tennessee stats yet, but wow. Wow, wow, wow. Yeah, so another another weekend. We're uh this is halfway. This we is got halfway. nine weeks. There's eighteen weeks in the season now. So we are officially halfway through yeah, the season. With, with one game pending this evening, because uh, that's another thing is that we are doing our podcast a day earlier than normal. That's because of, you know, Sean's out of town and I actually have some plans on a, a work event Tuesday evening. So just letting you guys into my personal life here for a moment. But uh, yeah, so we actually do have one last game on that's live right now. Baltimore is currently up 7 nothing against New Orleans in New Orleans. And uh, yeah, that's a kind of a big game because, you know, New Orleans shut out the Raiders for whatever that's worth. Probably not much. But Baltimore, you know, up there for a contender this year to be representing the AFC because I noticed there's someone here we actually did miss. Someone important? Yeah, the Buffalo Bills. I did miss that. Well, yeah, yeah. So we, I'm glad we actually I thought about that when I mentioned the top of the AFC. Buffalo Bills lose to the New York Jets. They'd go to 6-2, and two, and I did see some news today that apparently they think uh, Josh Allen has a UCL injury, and he actually is getting evaluated. And uh, hopefully that's nothing too serious because that's the injury that gives you Tommy John, I believe. So they said they would know more on Tuesday. So we will uh, we'll see. I don't I have a feeling it's not going to, you know, end his season or even take him out any games, but it'll definitely be something to monitor. I mean, it's only well, going to get colder if, if in he Buffalo. does an injury, he'll be out. Okay. Yeah. He's not going to be able to throw. Yeah, baseball pitchers can't throw yeah. with that, so I can't imagine. The only people that can get away with it are like what we mentioned earlier how the Phillies were able to put Bryce Harper at DH. And just anybody that's not throwing can get away with it. Yeah, I mean, I think, well, I mean, Paul George has his injury, I believe. And yeah. he didn't have Tommy John surgery, just missed a big chunk of time. But it's a little different shooting the ball versus throwing it. So Now, Tommy John for a quarterback, would that be the same time length that it is for a pitcher to come I back? I feel so. like no, because you're so. not, like, it's a different movement. Like, Tommy John's like 18 months now. It's been, yeah. like, like, Dustin May had it um, for the Dodgers, and he didn't come back until... August, September, and he's like, well, he can't even be a starter. He can pitch some relief innings. So, Yeah, it's, yeah. It, it's fucked for uh, for baseball pitchers yeah. when they get that You want me to complain about more Dodgers pitchers? Because <laughs> Walker Buehler also had it uh, in the summer, and he is not going to play at all next year. So it's just, oh. it's just a bad injury. Yeah, that does suck. All righty. Well, you guys, were, uh, that's going to wrap up our uh, sports podcast. So uh, thank you guys for listening. That was episode 290. Six. Six of uh, sports. And please be sure to listen to our entertainment podcast, which uh, is always entertaining because we talk a lot of movies. We talk stuff going on. We let you guys know what we've been watching. Truthfully, that's where I get my entertainment mo- news from, actually. You know, I always learn something new on it and I'm on the show. So you guys definitely will also. 
And uh, sometimes, you know, we ramble and it turns into some some good comedy. But uh, yes, thank you guys for listening. Uh, I'm Tony, and with me we had Off-Road Andy. All right. Thank you. Thank you.